Podcast Answer Man, episode number 162. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and it is Thursday, my favorite day of the week. That's right, my friends. It's the day that I come and record podcasts nonstop from 8.30 in the morning till 5.30 in the evening. Actually, I do break for lunch, but uh, you get the idea. I love that you guys come every week to hear what I have to say. You know, it is a true blessing to be able to do what I do for a living and to uh, have an audience of people who actually value what you have to say. And, and uh, I, you know, the fact that you guys are telling other people about Podcast Answer Man and all the other shows that we produce at gspn.tv, I, I just, I'm blessed and amazed by the, the, the type of marketing that you guys do on my behalf. I've been watching Twitter a lot lately and and just seeing how you guys are out there telling other people about the stuff that we're doing and uh I just want to say thank you. I you know, you I may not respond to every single person that posts a Twitter message like I do on my email. If you send me an email, I I do respond to everybody, but uh I do see all the things that you guys are out there saying and uh it it it, it just warms my heart and I just want to say thank you again. Uh, it, it's really cool. Some people, uh, folks, actually, I had a client that came in. He he used to be a city councilman in Cincinnati, and uh, he came in for a consulting call this week and and asked me, you know, how do you build an audience? How do you uh, how do you grow your audience out there? And I said, well, you know, it, it's really odd because for me, I've never spent really any money on the marketing aspect of this, and I don't really spend a lot of time. Uh, doing things in a traditional way, but I do actually do very many things uh, strategically. But I, I told him, I said flat out, there are three ways that are the number one source of new traffic, new audience uh, to to any of the podcasts that I produce. Number one would probably be iTunes, though it is slowly getting to the point where I get just as much traffic from Google now. So number one is iTunes traffic. Uh, number two, right behind it, is Google traffic, and number three, right, right behind Google traffic, is word of mouth. Uh, the people saying, "Hey, I heard about you either as an you know being interviewed on another podcast. I heard about you from calling where you called into another podcast and you mentioned your site. Um, I heard about you where somebody on another podcast was talking about you in their podcast." Um, I heard about you from a friend of mine who does a podcast. I heard about you. I mean, just it's just really cool. And I just thank you guys. I, you guys really have been what's made um, a, a great deal of an impact in the success of what I do for a living. And I thank you. And, and I consider it to be a, a privilege and a blessing to have each of you uh, subscribe. So I just wanted to get that out of the way because I, I am. I'm excited. I'm a blessed man. All right. So here's the deal. This week, I am glad to let you know that there is not an interview, although I love doing interviews. Uh, so I love I love the fact that two weeks ago we had Rob Walsh from uh, Libsyn and Wizard Media to talk about the new Libsyn 3 transition and stuff like that uh, to get some additional information there. Uh, last week, I shared for the very first time uh, where I actually played for you, where I was interviewed by somebody else. And of course, you guys know that's Dan Miller. And if you don't know that, then go back one episode and listen to episode 161. Uh, huge blessing for sure there. Uh, but today I'm back to my normal format, my normal format of at- taking your questions and giving you answers and not just giving you some answers, not just giving you just enough to whet your appetite so that you can give me lots of money in consulting. No, I don't hold back any of the answers. I, I give you full answers here on Podcast Answer Man and I am not worried about giving you this free information because I happen to know that what it does is it creates this thing uh, where you desire to give things back to me of value. If I give you something of value, you're going to want to give something back to me of value. This, I, I think the, the best example of this is when I went down to 
uh, PodCamp Nashville and a good friend of mine, his name's Alan. He's like, dude, I feel like I owe you something. And I'm like, what do you mean? He says, well, I listen to every, I get so much out of your podcast answer man show. I mean, I literally have never hired you for anything and I've listened to every episode and it's just like unbelievable the amount of things I've been able to do. And I sit there and I said, really? I said, that's, that's great. Uh, that's exactly why I put it there. I, it, every episode is free. You don't owe me anything, but I feel like I owe you something. So, uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think, I think I let him take me out to lunch or somebody else took me out. Anyway, here's the deal. People feel like they owe you something when you continually give them something of value. And, uh, it's not why I do what I do. Uh, there are several other reasons why I do this podcast, and I answer all these questions for you. Another reason is because, well, honestly, there are some folks out there who can't afford to hire me. Um, I don't work for free, and I don't work cheap, and so there are some people who are, who just need some help along the way, and, and doing a podcast is an avenue for me to answer questions that are commonly asked. And, and, and it does this way in it does it in such a way that when I give the answer, I'm not just doing it for one person and then having to go and, and answer those same questions for other people. But I have the ability to do this for hundreds or thousands of people all at the same time. And it's something that's on the record and people I can point people to in the future uh, when they say, you know what, I, I really can't afford to hire you. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, you know, you could listen to this and, and there's some information there. And of course, uh, you know, I've never been hurting for business. And so I, I'm, I'm blessed in that area as well. All right. So I told you I was going to get back to some questions and some comments and some things. Actually, I think today the very first call is not a question as much as it is maybe just a suggestion of a service or product uh, from a friend of mine. His name is Andy Lehman. Andy, take it away, my friend. Hey, Cliff. This is Andy Lehman of the Geocaching Podcast. I just wanted to call in a little bit of feedback here for Podcast Answer Man. I know some of your listeners, well, a lot of your listeners use WordPress because it's, well, quite frankly, the best thing for podcasting. So I wanted to tell you a little bit of, about my story and a plugin that I use, and I, I really like it. See, when I started podcasting, I didn't know any better, and I decided to go ahead and use Blogger as my show notes. I use Blogger as my show notes and I use TalkShoe as my hosting service and you know because we did the whole live thing. Well, what I found out is I actually wanted to transition to a new domain. I wanted to have WordPress. The only catch that I found was the fact that my original Blogger show notes had was geocachingpodcast.info and I wanted to go to geocachingpodcast.com. I just like the .coms a little bit better. So my only problem was that I could I could I could export from Blogger all of my file all of my show notes. So I did that, uploaded to WordPress. However, the the permalink for WordPress was different than Blogger. The Blogger one ended in HTML, the other one didn't. So any existing links that I, would have been out there for my show notes, when someone tried to go to them, I, I mean I could easily set the .info to forward to the .com which is great except for everyone that has links before it points to whatever show episode.html. So I did some searching and I came out up with a plugin called Smart 404, which basically, according to the authors, rescues your viewers from site errors. When content cannot be found, Smart 404 will use the current URL to attempt to find matching content and redirect it to it automatically. Smart 404 also supplies template tags, which provide a list of suggestions for use in a 404.php template page if no matching content can be immediately delivered. So it's amazing because now if you go to an episode, a link that's passed on the web somewhere, you know, since I can't control that, that points to my old page, my old.info, and something that ends in .html, it will automatically direct you to the new WordPress page. And it's amazing. So if you check it out. It's smart. 404 is the plugin for that. Thanks again, and thanks for putting on an awesome podcast. Thanks, Cliff. Andy, thank you so much. Smart 404. You know, I think that's one of the things that I I keep forgetting to do on so many of my own websites is to create a custom 404 page. Um, you know, the if you go to a site and you type in the address and you get it a character or two off, and there's no real page that exists there, it should kick out a 404 error. And I think I actually did fix this on gspn.tv. Let me just pull it up real quick. 
I'm not using that plugin, although Andy, I think that plugin sounds great, especially in the circumstances that uh, from where you're talking about. But I'm going to go to gspn.tv slash ttyg, which should be nothing. And for some reason, that didn't pull up. That's because I must have typed it wrong. Yeah, I did GPSN. <laughs> gspn.tv slash ttyg. Okay, anyway, I just chose four random characters. And here is what it currently says right here. And, and this is very custom. I did this a long time ago on GSPN. It says, the page you're looking for could not be found. The content you are looking for may no longer be available on our free site. If we have recently referred you to this page in a recent episode of one of our shows, please email feedback at gspn.tv and let us know that we forgot to make this archived content available on the free site. While a majority of the content that we produce is made available for free, podcasting is our full-time career. We'd like to invite you to become to click here to read about becoming a Plus member. Plus membership allows you to receive every single episode of every show that we produce, as well as provides you with access to our entire content archives going all the way back to December of 2005. And then right below that, it says, browse our site. Here's links to our home, our about us, our shows, schedule, live shows, plus membership, community forum. Uh, Check out the blog, which leads them straight to the community blog. And then I have a listing of all the different shows that they can click on and, and listen to. So I actually created a custom 404 page that is a little bit more than, uh, you know, information not found or page not found. And it's very cold and, and, and stuff like that. So I think it's important that, and, and I'm thankful that you called that in Andy. Uh, I like the idea of having that plugin that will help redirect certain things around, but also, uh, for those of us who have not updated our 404 page, I'm sure that podcast answer man has the standard thesis one, which I think it says like gnarly dude or something like, let me go real quick podcastanswerman.com and let me just throw in some random stuff and uh it says it says you 404'd it gnarly dude surfing ain't easy and right now you're lost at sea but don't worry simply pick an option from the list below and you'll be back out riding the waves of the internet in no time hit the back button on your browser it's perfect for situations like this uh head over to the home page which they can click and it takes them to the home page or it says punt. So there is a little bit of um, a little bit of humor in there, uh, and that is the default thesis 404 page. But uh, you know, it's probably one of those things that's going to go on my on my to do list. But honestly, right now I'm going to just confess to you, it's not going on my to do list because it's always going to be so low down on my to do list that I'll probably never get around to it. So there you go. How's that for a little offense? authenticity and transparency in the way that I do things. All right. Uh, Next up we have, what do I have? I just lost my outline here. Next up we have a question from Rob. So here is a question and I'm excited about this question. I remember when this question first came in on the voicemail feedback hotline and I've been very eager to uh, answer this particular question. In fact, it's the title of today's episode or this week's episode, how to end an interview. And of course, funny enough, I actually have been putting off this question and this answer uh, as the result of putting out two different interviews for you in the podcast, Answer Man Feed, back to back. But anyway, Rob, go ahead with your question, my friend. Hey, Cliff, this is Rob, host of the Personal Armament Podcast. I found your show just recently, and I really enjoy a lot of the helpful hints you've offered, especially I was just listening to a podcast recently where you were talking about interviews and how to get more out of the people that you're interviewing by pausing and editing that out later. And, you know, good stuff. I really appreciate it, especially with all the interviews that I try to include on my show. But I also had another question about interviews, and that is ending the interview. How do you shut down an interview in a solid, concise way without being too abrupt or seeming rude to the person that you're interviewing. You know, I hear them on, you know, professional radio shows and how they shut things down there and and all that, but it seems like if I did that myself, you know, just said, well, hey, thanks, bye, you know, that it might be too abrupt or rude to the person that I'm interviewing. So, you know, what are your thoughts on this? I'm sure you've done quite a few. You've dealt with other people that are working with this. Uh, What advice can you give as to, you know, how to shut down an interview quickly and concisely wrap it all up, but still not be abrupt or rude to the person that you're interviewing. Thanks for the podcast. Take care. 
Rob, thank you for the question. And you know what's funny? I've done all these interviewed views, and I've never once really given thought as to how I would enter, end an interview. I'm certainly a whole lot better at it today than than I've ever been in the past. And and so what I figured that I would do for you is I would actually pull up some interviews that I've done recently, all of these within the last, I think, probably two months. Uh, I've got five different examples of the end of an interview. And before I play them, I just want to let you know a couple things I do when I when I do have an interview that I perform. Um, I typically will record the intro of that interview before I even get them on the phone. So how this works out is I will hit the record button, I will start up the music, and I will talk over it. This is my normal workflow. I have all the software and equipment that allows me to to just put everything in live to the hard drive. Uh, so, or to the, actually the digital audio recorder, obviously, uh, in my case, but anyway, I record the intro and then on my digital recorder, I hit pause and then I get the person on the phone. You know, sometimes I'll record that intro like 30 minutes before the interview and it just sits on pause until I finally get them on the phone. Then when I get them on the phone, I have chit chat, conversation, blah, 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 all that other stuff. By the way, I try not to edit interviews if, if at all possible, um, the only occasion when I would edit an interview is if I uh, needed to give a lot of long pauses in there for them to kind of speak up and say something new. Uh, and I, sometimes I'll just be silent just so that they'll actually say something more than just a quick yes or a no uh, in response to a question that I've asked. Uh, and, and I find that just giving them, you know, a few seconds, you know, it's like, so tell me about you know, this, and, and they might just say something and then just, they're, they're like, okay, now give, give me another question. And I'm like, huh, and you just sit there <laughs> and don't say anything and they'll say something else. Uh, it, it's, it's, I find that that's very useful. But anyway, I'll, I'll record the interview. Hopefully I don't need to do any, even any of that editing. And when I'm finished, I will wrap up and I'll, I'm going to give you ex, expl, uh, examples of how I wrap up. And then I think after hearing them, I think I'll probably have some notes that I'll want to share with you based on put what I do there. Um, but after I do wrap up, as soon as I get them to say thanks or, you know, bye or whatever, I immediately hit pause on the recorder and then I continue to talk to them and say, hey, I've finished recording. Thanks again for having you on. We'll wrap up the conversation. Sometimes I'll sit and chit chat for people for, you know, another 15, 25 minutes. And then as soon as I get them off the phone, I then go over to my system. I queue up the music, hit unpause and hit the music. And then I start recording the end of the show. You're going to hear a little bit of that here. Uh, occasionally, there'll be times when I'll do an interview and I don't get a chance to do the intro. And so what I'll do is I'll immediately start the recording with the interview. I'll do the pause at the end and get them off the phone. I'll then record immediately after that. I will record the rest of the end of the episode where I say, hey, everybody, that's the you know interview, blah, 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 while the music's playing the show out. And then what I'll do is I'll, after the music ends, I'll give it about 30, 45 seconds of silence. And then I will hit the music again and actually record the intro of the episode. And then in editing in post-production, I'll take the, the end of that recording, which is the intro and put it at the front of the show. It's a little complicated uh, to, to think about, but I think it's pretty straightforward and makes sense in my mind. Anyway, if you need help with all that stuff, of course I am available for one-on-one -on -one consulting. Uh, and uh, you can always uh, go to the website at podcastanswerman.com to figure out how to get in touch with me. Anyway, here is an episode, uh, an interview that I did with a guy. His name is uh, Francois Chow. And basically, Francois Chow played Dr. Marvin Candle or uh, Edgar Hallowax or P uh, Pierre Chang. He play played all kinds of uh, characters. Um, actually, he played one character, but with many different pseudonyms and all kinds of other stuff on the TV show Lost. And here is how we ended that conversation. That is awesome. Thank you so much. This has been a huge blast, a huge honor. Uh, everybody in my chat room out here, uh, they're all saying thank you. And uh, and I will send you the details about the party. No pressure or anything like that. But if you can make it, oh, man, it would be a total delight. So thank you Definitely. so much. for and Thank you guys so much for, uh, for having me on. It's, 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 been, uh, it's been great. And uh, thank everybody that uh, uh, sent all the questions and everything. I'm sorry I couldn't answer all of them, but... Uh, 
your patient, maybe you'll get to know some more later on. Very good. You have a blessed weekend. You too, guys. All right. Thanks a lot. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah. Oh, well, Stephanie, that was, was that just, all right, so there you go. Obviously I didn't cue the music right away after that one, but you can see how what I did, what I did there is I, I certainly let him know that I'm wrapping up. Hey, it's been great having you on the show. I can't tell you how blessed we are. And, and, and it's like, this is obviously a very good cue and a clue that, Hey, this is the end, you know, and we're looking for, you know, a quick thanks for having me on kind of response. And uh, most of the time, that's what I get. Occasionally, you get a talker, and I'm going to have an example of that in just a few minutes. But uh, here's another example. This is Neil Hopkins. This is another actor from the TV show Lost. Um, And uh, here's how the end of that interview went. If people wanted to follow you online, do you have like a fan website, anything like that? I do. You go to Neil Hopkins, N-E-I-L, Hopkins.info. Not .com, .info. .com is another guy, another Neil Hopkins. Excellent. So, yeah, you can check out. I've got clips of my work. I've got links to my artwork. I've got uh, some comedy sketches and some all sorts of stuff. Neil, it's been a huge pleasure and and sincerely an honor to have you come on, and I I really appreciate you. you taking the time. Thank you. It was my pleasure. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, I'll get back to you about the, uh, the party. Sounds great. Very good. Awesome. Well, Stephanie, that was the interview with Neil. All right, so there you go. Obviously, I didn't uh, cue up the uh, the music on that one either immediately afterwards. So, but I'm I'm sure I've got some that I think probably the next three will have that. But again, you heard how I didn't just cut him off. I mean, even even then, he kind of you know took it the next step, took it to the next step for just a second. But it was very, very in a very non harsh way I was able to say hey thanks you know thanks for coming on and and it just wraps up naturally uh, here's an interview that I did with uh, Sione and Felipe Fa uh, and these are two guys that were on the biggest loser from season seven and here's how the end of that interview went <laughs> very cool well guys thank you again it's been a true honor to have you on the show all right thank you guys thank you guys we appreciate it well, that was an excellent interview. Wow, what an... So there you go. So you heard how pretty much we... I try to give them the last word. You know, I try to get it to where they will actually say thanks for having me on the show or let them say thank you. Uh, here's another one. This one's from Pete Thomas, and he was an at-home winner for season two of The Biggest Loser. Very, very well. Very well. I'll say that. Pete, man, it, it's a blessing. And, and you know, hey, if you've got something else you're doing in the future and you want to come on to the Biggest Loser Show and let us know, uh, we, we, you have an open invitation anytime, my friend. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate this opportunity. I just want to one last time encourage everybody to join the matchup over at HealthyWage.com. Uh, we're trying to change people's lives by uh, incentivizing people to join up and join, uh, be a part of the weight loss program. Again, $10,000 to the win. All right, so hold on one second here. I'm pausing for a second just to let you know. So you heard how I did the intentional wrap-up. It was very clear that I was wrapping up. I was looking to close the interview, and you heard how he's going in on, hey, just want to remind everybody, go and do this. Go to the site. Go to this. And I'm completely fine with that. It's one of the reasons why we brought him on the show. So he did that. Now listen to how I respond to that. Think team of five who loses the most weight over a 12-week period. It's a great opportunity to either jumpstart your weight loss or, or take it to another level. That is awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, Father Roderick, that was so much fun. All right. So there you go. Uh, so you heard how, you know, basically he went on, he went on, he went on, and I didn't continue on the conversation. I said, well, thank you so much. And he says, thank you. And 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 that's how you can do that. Now, here's the deal. Now, with his I will tell you this, from the time he said thank you and from the time you heard the music, there was probably about at least an eight minute gap in that because we talked for about five more minutes. So once I get the ending that I'm looking for and I hit pause on the recorder or stop on the recording, uh, then I've got what I need. And if I if I felt like it was just a little bit too abrupt, well, that's where I continue the conversation by phone and we can chit chat forever, but I let them know, hey, well, there you go. I just went ahead and wrapped it up. I just went ahead and stopped the recording. Thanks again, man. This has been awesome. And then, of course, you can kind of soften that up a, a little bit that way. 
And uh, in here, I'll give you one more interview. This, again, is a is another biggest loser clip here. This is Allie Vincent. She was the first female winner uh, of the Biggest Loser show. And uh, she she actually liked to talk a whole lot, which, by the way, I love talkative people. Um, <laughs> I'm a talkative person myself. But anyway, here's, here's another clip uh, from another interview. Very cool. Well, thank you again, Allie. Uh, like I said, you, you're welcome on our show anytime. And uh, we, all right, well now I got the number. <laughs> you, you've got the number now, and of course, I know that you you actually interact with a bunch of the other folks in the cast, and you have your own little uh, chat session groups and stuff like that. Please let other folks know that the Biggest Loser Fan Podcast exists, and that we want to talk to just about anybody and everybody from the show that that has ever been on there. We we would love to just continue to get great insights on how people can live a more balanced and healthy life. Awesome. Well, you need to have my mom on there then. We'll have to arrange that. All right. Yeah, definitely. Let's arrange that. Just talk to, uh, I I guess you have a manager or publicist, right? That took care of setting everything up today. Oh, I got all of it. I got all of it. Yeah, Yeah, we'll figure it out. (laughs) You have your people call my people. All right, all right. We're people with people now. Isn't that great? All right. Thank you again. It's a little too much for me, but I take it one step at a time. We appreciate it. Have a good day. Okay, bye. Bye. Wow, Father Ruddick, that was a lot of fun. (laughs) All right, so there you go. And of course, there was a lot of conversation that kind of took place after that one as well. So that, my friends, is how I end an interview. I I always do it in such a way, you know, normal questions. It's like, so tell me about this. So tell me about that. But I make it very clear when I, it's like, hey, I just want to thank you for coming on to the show. This has been great having this conversation. I, I very much, and it and it's very much, I'm thanking you. I'm thanking you. And what I'm looking for and what I'm leading them towards is to give me the, to, to, to give me the spot where they're giving the last word, where they're thanking me for the opportunity to be on the show. And, and as soon as I get that, boom, the interview's over. Now, I don't just drop the call on them. Uh, and this is one of the reasons, well, even actually I do these live too. We, we, I, I think almost actually every one of those interviews that I just played for you, we're all done live. So, so when I hit pause, the after the after the interview conversation, it's completely heard by everybody who was listening live that day. Uh, so anyway, I hope that answers your question, Rob. That's how I end, end an interview. All right. So there we go. All right. So the next thing I wanted to tell you about is um, the software that I'm using on my Mac to queue up all of my audio clips. Uh, this is something that, you know, I, I basically have the, the GSPN ID here. And I've got the uh, podcast answer man intro, and of course the the weekly lost podcast. Hey, cool! You fixed it. And all the other music and and audio clips that I have, I have them all queued up in one program. Now on the PC, I used to use a service called um, Pod Producer, which was a free software solution. And uh, Pod Producer would allow me to queue up all these audio clips just by dragging and dropping buttons, and I could save it so that when I open it, all those audio files are there at my disposal. Now, when I switched over to being a Mac user full time, uh, I still use Windows XP on my Mac to use Adobe Audition. And for those of you who don't know why, uh, I have an entire uh, training product on on why I use Adobe Audition and how I use it. Uh, But anyway, I use Adobe Audition, but I still decided that when it came to it, I wanted to do as much as I can on the Mac side. So I was looking for software that would allow me to cue audio clips. And the the uh, some of the things that I tried was I tried that soundboard. Is that what it's called? Uh, Soundboard. Uh, Anyway, there there was one. I think it was called Soundboard. Uh, But I I tried that and it did not play eight thousand hertz wave files very well so all these uh voicemails i would have had to convert them over to a different file for format for them to play and sound the way that they were supposed to sound using soundboard so i decided to not use soundboard uh I, the next thing i looked for, looked at was um and i probably will forget because it's been so long since i've used it now um oh goodness uh, Ubercaster, Ubercaster, Mac only application. And Ubercaster was cool because it gave me the ability to use it for audio clips without having to pay for it. You could use the demo endless, endlessly. Um, 
But what I found with um, Ubercaster was there was an issue where um, some of the audio clips wouldn't play right, uh, wouldn't play uh, without skipping. And it seemed to have something to do where it almost as if it had memory leaks or something like that. I would always have to make sure that I hit file and hit save before I would clip play any clips. And every now and then it would still kind of, you know, kind of be a little jagged on its playback. And it would it would just sound really awful. And I'd have to sometimes, you know, restart a podcast, you know, after three, you know, 15 seconds into the intro. And that was always frustrating for me. And so I looked for other solutions and I found one that I like and it's called Sound Bite. And so if I go to, um, in fact, do they call it iSoundBite or is it just SoundBite? It's, uh, it's SoundBite, um, S-O-U-N-D-B-Y-T-E. I, I'm currently using version 4.0.1, but I think there's a newer version that just came out. You can find this software at blackcatsystems.com. Again, that's blackcatsystems.com. And I will tell you right now, it's not a beautiful, just like Pod Producer, it is, a, it is an ugly program. Uh, they did not take any time at all on uh, dressing up the, the user interface, but it doesn't matter. It does what I needed to do extremely well. There's only one drawback that I can think of when it comes to this particular software. And it does not, and that is that it does not do a loop the way that it should. So for example, let me see if I can find uh, my twilight loop. Right here it is. Um, This is the twilight loop. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go in here and I'm gonna tell it to loop the audio and I'm hitting save. So this is what their loop sounds like. Actually, that was the that was about the best I've heard so far. There, but there's still even a little pause. Let me see if it it's, still does it here. Yeah, you hear how it, it kind of skips there for a second. That's their loop. And in most other software, in fact, every other software solution that I've used, they did not have that issue. It was it was quite clear that I mean it just would go without doing anything. And I've contacted the. Uh, the software um, developer, and he says, nope, that's that's just the way that one does it. And I'm like, okay. Uh, so I'm de- definitely not going to use it. But um, as far as the, the, the cart system goes, it is really nice in that I can queue it all up. Seemingly, it does not have any memory issues at all. Uh, so I have, I have Windows XP running in parallels. So I've got a virtual machine running. I've got this software open. I've got two browsers open. I've got Skype open. I've got iTunes open. I've got FTP program open. I've got um, just all kinds of software open all over my computer here. And not once does it skip or anything. I, and I could just sit here and play audio feedback with no problem at all. Again, this is called SoundBite, S-O-U-N-D-B-Y-T-E. And it's uh, called cart rack software. So, so this is old uh, terminology from the radio days. They would have these carts in a rack. Uh, the, and carts is short for cartridges. I remember the old eight, eight tracks and stuff like that. They were kind of like that. But anyway, um, so, so basically that's what the software is. And there's also an iPhone application that also works on the iPad. And I love this. In fact, check this out. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to pull up. Uh, the iPhone app here, if I can find it, I, I hardly ever use it because I don't have multitasking yet on the iPad. Oh, here it is. And by the way, the iPhone application is called iSoundBite. It's the letter I in front of it. So iSoundBite. And if I open this up, it says it's trying to connect to the server. And if it says if this do- message does not disappear, quit the app and check the settings in this device. And of course, um, it may have actually changed my server IP. I had it working before. I just, I'd never use it. And so I think some things probably changed here in the house in the ISP settings and stuff like that. So anyway, you can go in and you can program it. And what's really nice about the iPhone app 
um, is that you program all the buttons. You can push it. It's wireless, wirelessly. So I can actually have somebody on in, in, on the other side of the room and they can actually be pushing the buttons and it will play the audio here on my computer. Uh, even if the software is not um, the, the, you know, the primary active window on the computer. In fact, I use uh, something on the Mac called Spaces and I could actually have uh, this software running in a different space altogether. And if I have the iPhone or iPad open, the iPhone app open on my iPad, I could actually click the buttons to start queuing up the audio clips and it would immediately start playing here on my Mac, which is really, really cool. So anyway, that's, uh, again, Soundbite uh, is the name of the program, blackcatsystems.com. All right, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go and turn to another question. This comes in from my friend and co-host of the um, Social Media Serenity podcast, Eric Fisher. And Eric, go ahead. Hey, Cliff, it's Eric Fisher. And uh, I know I could ask you this outright, but I figured, wait a sec, that's a great question for Podcast Answer Man and to give you the opportunity to answer that. So if there's a podcaster out there who set up a plus member type of individualized feed or whatever, I know like, for example, I'm a plus member and and I think everybody else should be, um, that my URL, my, my, my RSS feed is unique to me Is it possible for you, the creator of that, to know specifically, for example, if I'm using like the all-inclusive feed, sorry, um, for you to be able to tell what episodes of like certain shows that I don't ever download, is that a possible thing? And, it, and if not, is it possible to, I mean, if it's not already possible, is it possible to set up? Um, because I listen to a lot of the shows that I'm not already involved with uh, through gspn.tv. And there's a few, though, that like just don't apply to me at all, like the Twilight fan podcast, even though I'm sure it's great. And so anyway, uh, is that possible? Is, is there a metrics back end kind of a thing that you can do? Uh, or is it even possible for you to know? Uh, just to talk a little more about that, the, ma- the metrics and the back end and, and how you know how many of certain different shows you do, how well they're doing. And I'd be interested to hear about that. So there you go. Bye. Eric, it's going to be a lot easier than what you even think is possible. And it all comes down to Lipson. Uh, so I put all of my shows on Lipson, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. And when I actually have the um, shows on there, is anytime something gets downloaded, of course, it tracks that. And specifically on my plus member only episodes, those files are loaded on Libsyn and and they're actually just released only out on the plus member only feeds. And so when somebody who is a plus member only downloads that episode, then of course it does track it. Um, and, and it shows me the stats on that. So uh, it's very easy for me to see the number of people who are plus members who are subscribed to and downloading the plus member only episodes of certain shows just by looking at the d- download numbers. And of course, um, I can see really well uh, what the total overall audience is of a podcast, including both plus members and also um, those who are subscribed just to the free feed. And that's because at least once a month on those shows, I'm putting out free content and those numbers are obviously higher. And so I'm able to actually take the average number of subscribers or actually average number of downloads of the episodes uh, that are plus member only. And then I subtract that from the number of downloads that are on, let's say, on an episode that was released out on the free feed and the plus member feed. And that tells me how many people are subscribed to the free feed versus how many are plus members. So uh, absolutely. The only the only thing that could kind of uh, mess up the stats just a little bit are those who actually uh, subscribe to the all-inclusive feed and have it set to download every single episode that's released on that but then they just delete the ones they don't want to listen to. Um, there, you know, it pretty much I ha- you know, if it gets downloaded, it gets counted in those stats. But of course, for me, and I've said this multiple times here, 
it, for me, I'm not about the stats. Um, you know, it, it, stats don't impress me as much as they used to. I used to be a statsaholic. Uh, these days, I, I I don't look at stats a whole lot. In fact, I uh, I think I did look at the stats when they switched, transitioned over from Libsyn to the Libsyn 3 account uh, just to see if everything was carried over. But uh, that was the first time that I had looked at it. I haven't looked at stats for any individual shows uh, probably in the last six or seven months. Uh, there's been no need for me to do that. Uh, the one thing I do notice, though, is that uh, the number of listeners are increasing. And the reason I know that the number of listeners are increasing is because of the number of people who are emailing me and saying, I can't believe I just found your show. And then they go on to explain how they heard about me and 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 they go on to talk about why they like the show, which is really great. And I love getting those emails. Uh, so Andy, or, so Eric, that's how that's how I'm actually tracking uh, how well our shows are doing. So yeah, it's very easy for me to see. Uh, I can just go into and into Libsyn and sort and sort my shows and my stats by sh- by you know certain shows. And I can actually see how many downloads are each are getting. And if I saw, you know, all of a sudden, you know, one of my shows on the plus member side is only getting 20 downloads, you know, per episode. And, and, you know, it's only getting 50 downloads total for the non plus member episodes. It's like, listen, maybe I shouldn't be wasting a lot of time putting the show together. But uh, to be honest with you, things, things are going really well there. And uh, I really don't look at the stats a whole lot. But if I wanted to see the stats, it's certainly possible. And that's how I'd go about doing it. All right. Next up, I have an anonymous question. Uh, I I happen to know the person who submitted the question, but he asked to remain anonymous. And um, I'm going to read his question for you. And it says this. I really wanted to work on being consistent with my podcast, yet not only have things that got, let's see here yet okay yet not only have the things gotten very hectic at work i've also found myself very angry and frustrated with circumstances where i work which is so, let's see which is of the same theme as my podcast this would be great under normal circumstances but my question bottom line is i don't want to let's see is i don't want to use the podcast as a forum for ranting about what's going wrong I'm afraid that this will turn listeners off. And so let me, before you go um, uh, on with, before I go on with this, number one, that's not a question. That is actually a statement. Um, So the bottom line is that you don't want to use your podcast as a platform to rant about what's going wrong. Um, You're afraid that it will turn listeners off. And I would say without a doubt, it will turn listeners off. Now, there's a good chance that a good rant about your particular workplace, if other people out there would be just as eager to jump board on ranting against that particular workplace place. It could be a very popular topic among some people, but it also potentially could get you uh, to the place where that's no longer your place of employment. So uh, I, I think I think knowing what I know about this particular person, uh, people are generally looking for podcasts and and your audience overall is probably people who are very much endeared towards the company or corporation that you're a part of. And so therefore, I would say that they're looking for positive, uplifting and encouraging content related to that subject matter, not necessarily rants of a disgruntled employee. So with that being said, um, there there you go. Okay, so let's let's move on here. Um, I have no intention of pod fading, but I felt I needed some time to regroup and develop new topics for podcast episodes. My idea is to set up almost like TV episodes wherein I'd have X number of episodes for a season of podcasting, then break for uh, before commencing with a new season. What's your opinion on this? All right. So um, there are certainly other people who have done this. I personally uh, have found that you know there are some people out there that I know they'll they'll go on and podcast for I don't know uh, three or four months and then all of a sudden they'll take just this long hiatus <clears throat> and then they'll come back and and then they even say you know what I'm going to take a little time off and then I'll come back. Eventually, I found that I usually always unsubscribe from those podcasts. But this is just my opinion, and of course, you actually asked, "What is your opinion on this?" 
Now, what other people will do, I don't know the answer to that. But I do know that if if I actually have a, a feed that remains inactive several weeks in a row, I typically just go in and delete that feed. I, I and and so um that's just how I am personally. I, I like to keep things clean and tidy and and stuff like that. Now, with that being said, I will say that there are probably some circumstances where this would be no problem at all. In fact, there are some things that I've considered doing uh, where I actually have an end date, kind of like the TV show Lost said, you know what, after six seasons, we're done. We're we're declaring the end of this thing uh, instead of just fading away and and kind of diluting everything beyond compare or beyond uh, repair. Uh, they say they said basically what we're going to do is we're going to do X number of shows and then we're finished. And I could see as a podcaster starting a podcast about a topic and saying, you know what, we're going to do 15 episodes or, or we're going to do 12 episodes. We're going to do 30 episodes on this to- on this topic. And that's it. And when you get to the end of it, you say, well, folks, that's the end of this. Now, here's the deal. I have other shows that we do. In fact, we're going to be spinning off another uh, topic. Uh, and here's the name of the podcast. You can find this, the archives to this and all the other shows that we produce over at whatever the website is. And so that's a possibility. Um, I think it's, you know, I think it's probably in my own opinion, I think I would much rather do a podcast where I I know the start and the end date and then, uh, and then, um, you know, rather than doing a podcast, taking a couple weeks, you know, well, actually a couple weeks wouldn't be a bad idea, but, uh, a couple months and then coming back for like a second season of it. Now, are there some podcasts out there that do this? I'm sure that there are. I know that a good friend of mine, his name's father Roderick. He actually does these secrets of podcasts. And what he does is he actually does like the secrets of the Pirates of the Caribbean. And he'll do several episodes devoted to each of the movies that are out there. And then he, he won't record anything. And then all of a sudden they'll they'll do another sequel to the movie. And, and he comes back and does another series of podcasts on it. And those people either I would I would say a, probably a good large percentage of those people actually unsubscribe after a couple months of no content. But my feeling is probably that in a podcast like that, that when a new podcast is or when a new movie is is out, they probably and uh, I don't know why somebody's calling this number. So let me uh, turn off my ringer in the studio phone here. Um, anyway, my, my guess is that when a new movie is released, knowing that this per- that Father Roderick had uh, podcasted about it in the past, chances are he'd podcast about it again. They'd probably go to re relook up the feed, subscribe to it and wait for new shows to come out. So, you know, I don't take my opinion on that one. I, I would ask around to some other folks out there. Um, see if, if you know what, i tell you what, if anybody out there has experience with subscribing to a podcast that records things in seasons, let me know. Now, I guess the one experience that I have with this is the Desperate Housewives uh, podcast, um, the uh, Grey's Anatomy podcast, the Weekly Lost podcast. The only thing is, though, for the Weekly Lost podcast, we'd always podcasted something during the summer hiatuses. So we've always had, you know, approximately at least one episode a month on that one. But Desperate Housewives, there's there's not a chance we're going to record another episode between now and the next season. But we will, when the next season comes, likely do some more podcasting on that new season. But those seasons are kind of uh, determined by the network, not necessarily by us. And the people who listen to those shows, they know that and they know to stay subscribed or to come back and resubscribe when the shows come back. So I hope that answers your question. Just giving you, again, my opinion. All right, one last question, and this comes from my uh, friend and another co-host of another podcast that I do called Business Tech Weekly. This is Andy Traub. Andy, take it away. Cliff Ravenscraft, this is Andy Traub of Business Tech Weekly, the 24th best show on gspn.tv. Wanted to call and ask you about a new product I just saw that came out called the Zoom H1. Looks like it's a digital voice recorder. And uh, wanted you to take a look at that. I'll send you a link. And so you can take a look at the review on CNET. seems quite favorable. The price point is $100. And I know a lot of folks are looking to get into podcasting, um, trying to keep the budget uh, in check. 
and uh, wanted to see your thoughts on the product. So I will, of course, be listening live as usual and appreciate you. Keep up the great work, and we will talk to you soon. God bless. All right, Andy, thank you so much. Yes, the, indeed, the uh, Zoom H1 digital audio recorder was just announced uh, this past week, I believe, and I have taken a look at it. I'm going to say this. My initial review is that it looks decent. It looks decent. Uh, just like most Zoom recorders, it, it seems to be missing a pause button, and I think pause buttons are extremely important for me personally. But for 99 bucks, I think if that's the only thing it's got going against it, perhaps maybe not such a big idea, uh, such a big deal. I do. I can tell you this. I don't believe it comes with an AC adapter. So if you want an AC adapter, I believe you're going to have to probably uh, fork over some other cash uh, there, although it might have a mini USB port. So if that's the case, you might be able to um, use any kind of uh, standard USB charging uh plug to to of course yeah to power it yeah to power it anyway um let's see here the other things it says on the uh on the site that it's coming in stores july 30th i just got confirmation today that my supplier will be um uh selling these so i will have these available now uh whether or not i push them or not will determine uh will be determined by the review of the demo unit that i get so as soon as they come into the uh, warehouse, they're going to immediately ship one out to me to do my review on. And as soon as I have that, I'll be able to tell you all kinds of information about the Zoom H1 recorder. I will tell you, I've not been a fan of previous Zoom recorders. Uh, the Zoom H4n is the latest one before this one that I'm aware of, and it is actually pretty decent. But uh, the Zoom H4, the, the one without the N at the end, I think it, I didn't like it a whole lot. Uh, the Zoom H2 recorder, I despised. Although it had great audio recording, uh, the menuing system was atrocious. I noticed that, matter of fact, one of the big marketing things that they have a statement on their site about this one is that it says, no need for menus. That's <laughs> because they're not good at them. <laughs> Let me tell you. The one thing I will tell you is that it has to have menus because it says that it records both to wave and also to MP3. And there's a little switch on there where you can go wave or MP3. However, it also does anywhere, I think, between 96 to 326, 320 kilobits per second on the MP3 recording. So that means there's obviously not enough buttons to switch between all of that. And uh, so there has to be a menuing system in there somewhere. And I hope it's better than the previous Zoom recorders that I've seen. I'll be able to tell you a whole lot more definitively once I get the demo unit in. Now, they're not supposed to be in the store until July 30th, so uh, I'm not exactly sure when they're coming in, but I should probably have a demo unit probably within a couple weeks. And you can expect to see something from me on that. Anyway, uh, it does. Ha what it does have, I, I will tell you this, it's got a decent-looking um, display. It also has a line in slash mic in port on it, so I like that. Uh, so anyway, I'll let you know when I get more. Anyway, God bless you all. We'll be back next week. Until then, join the community.